Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. Today I'm going to be talking about Mario 3D All-Stars, which was announced a few weeks ago and then released like a week or two after that in the middle of September, and... I'm not sure what to make of this game, if I could be completely honest. I mean, surface level, yeah, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, all in the same package. You can play it on your Switch now, which means you can play it wherever you want. That's pretty great. We've been wanting portable versions of Sunshine and Galaxy for a while now, as far as I recall. And then there's the price point. I've never been one of those people who turns their nose at a game asking for $60, because that's just the standard these days. That's what console games usually run for, or at least from AAA developers, and most of what I play comes from AAA developers, so I'm used to them asking for 60 which probably isn't a good thing, because not all these games really deserve to be $60. Going back to the surface level, it kind of makes sense to ask for $60. It's three games. That's $20 a pop. That's pretty economical. But then think about how old these games are and how aged they are. And is that really worth $20 each? Especially now that I've got my hands on some of them and they play almost exactly as they did before, if not slightly worse in some cases. I gotta be honest, I played little bits of Sunshine in 64, and the controls just didn't feel right to me. I don't know what it was, but something just didn't work for me with the buttons. And there's really nothing else to do in these games besides playing the three games. A lot of anniversary collections will give you little side things to do. They're mostly just fluff, and they're neat, and you don't have to do them, which I guess this game took to heart, but it really makes the anniversary feel more special and more like a celebration. It's like having a Thanksgiving dinner for people who live in countries with Thanksgiving. It's like having a Thanksgiving dinner where it's just the turkey, nothing else, and yeah, it works, but it's not really Thanksgiving without all the trimmings. And that's just it. It's kind of the bare minimum here. You can get a little sound test feature to go along with these games. It'll randomize the music in the main menu, but you're there for maybe five seconds before you pick whichever game you want to play. There's really not much to this collection at all besides the, the three games more or less untouched. They're, they're not literally just untouched. They did clean them up a little bit in some ways, but mostly surface-level things like the HUD or Mario 64's font. I remember as a kid I always had a hard time reading the text boxes in that game, so they're cleared up here, and that's nice. The games are not really graphically updated at all, but they're updated in kind of subtle ways, if that word choice makes any sense. They look like how you remember them looking like, but they don't actually look 
much better than they used to, and that's fine, I guess. That's the three words that really describes this collection. Fine, I guess. It's really weird to me, because a lot of the bad things you can say about this collection are things that could be said mostly by people in the know, people who have a grasp of how the video game market works and stuff, when I feel like the layman is just gonna see this game, think, wow, three Mario games all put together like this, that's really cool, and not have a single problem with it. And the confusing thing is that there's really not that much of a problem with it. It is those three games, they're good games, if you're into that kind of thing. And they're all together on the Switch, so yeah, the anti-consumer stuff is just in the background and is only really detected by the people who would already notice those things. That just leaves me overall confused with this collection. I don't know how to feel because I fell for it right away. I thought, hey, I can play all these games on Switch. Hooray! Especially because it gives me a chance to play some of these games without having to dig up my old GameCube or the Nintendo Wii if I wanted to play Galaxy again. And I do always like to go back to Galaxy, even if I haven't done it very much. So there are good things about it, it's just the politics behind it is kinda shady. Especially because the game has limited release. They're going to stop selling this game in March of next year for some reason. I'm guessing it's so that they can heighten the sales of it during the brief period to kind of make people think, oh, this is going to be really scarce soon, I'd better buy it now. And then in a few months, scalpers or collectors will make a fortune off selling these to people for overloaded prices. You think $60 is bad now? So I just, again, can't really tell how I'm supposed to feel about these games. I played Mario Galaxy and Mario Sunshine both recently, and they're good games. I don't mind the opportunity of playing them again, and I never actually played that much of Mario 64 growing up. I think I talked about this in the Iceberg episode. But that was more of a game that just kind of existed in the background of our house. And I just watch other people play it. I was never really that interested. As I grow up, I was just never really attached to Mario 64. But hey, a chance to play it on a modern console, all nice and hooked up already get to experience it for the first time as someone who now takes games more seriously. That sounds great. A good opportunity. And then I played it, and it was pretty neat. And I just kind of lost interest. One thing is really shallow of me, I admit, is that they have this really creepy, low-poly Mario model, and the game switches over to that version of Mario for almost nothing. You'll just take a few steps in a weird direction or get launched high enough into the air that it switches out the models and it's really noticeable because back then, games were on CRTs and you couldn't really see Mario that clearly anyway. Now we've got all this HD stuff. It's like right in front of my eyes. Like Mario is getting slowly drained like a juice packet. I don't like looking at him. 
between that and the awkward controls and camera, it just makes me really wonder if it's worth my time to play this version of the game anymore. They could have at least added content from Mario 64 DS. This is the anniversary of Nintendo's biggest series, unless we count Pokemon, but that's not strictly video games. It's the anniversary of their biggest video game series, and this was their best foot forward. They just have a little blurb on the main menu about each game and the year they came out, but it's stuff you could read on the back of the box, basically, of each of those respective games. No references to Mario 64 DS at all. And for that matter, there's no Mario Galaxy 2. That's the big thing people latched onto when this collection was announced. There is no Super Mario Galaxy 2, only Galaxy 1. And I don't mind too much, because Mario Galaxy 1 is the one that I prefer anyway. But it does seem kind of weird to leave it out. They also left out Mario 3D Land and 3D World... Though I guess 3D World is getting its own Switch port, so I don't know. They could have added a lot more games to this, and they didn't. And I don't know, I guess those are the big three that they care about the most. They are probably the most influential of the Mario 3D games, but why only those three? Mario Galaxy's required Joy-Con motion controls would feel a little less out of place if they gave us Mario Galaxy 2, so then half the collection would be played like that, half the collection would not. I I could complain about the fact that Galaxy is requiring Joy-Con motion controls, but uh, honestly, I think I have bigger fish to fry with this one. The whole anniversary in general is just a little odd. They have these three games put together in a collection and then did the bare minimum with them on top of leaving out several games, except for Mario 3D World, which gets to have its own Switch port, complete with a mode that, at the time of recording, we know nothing about. I guess it's cool that Mario 3D World will have online play. That's one of the last nails in the Wii U's coffin until they poured over Xenoblade X. The other weird thing is that Mario 35 Battle Royale type game, which seems to be connected to this fan game they took down, which is a bunch of Marios racing through Mario Brothers 1, so it's a Metroid 2 situation all over again where Nintendo takes down a fan game because, oops, they had their own version of that right around the corner. It's not exactly the same, if I recall correctly. The Nintendo version has a bunch of features like messing with the other players in one way or another. But it is just little damaging to their reputation for a lot of people that they'll just take down any fan things, which I get. I, I kind of do get it. It's people using their property in a way without their consent, and if this is okay, then why can't another thing be okay, and this, and that, and then, and then. It's just, ah, uh, the legality and politics of video games are so headache-inducing so often. That's one of the reasons why I don't get into it too much, because a lot of times I can see different sides at once, and 
one doesn't necessarily invalidate the other. So, in short, I have very little to say about this anniversary collection because there's not that much to talk about. It's not really bad, but it's kind of setting a bad look for Nintendo at the same time. I really do want to play Galaxy again, and I had a little fun with Sunshine, and it was neat to give 64 a chance, but a lot of people say you can just emulate them, and you can even emulate them a bit better because you can add uh, ROMs to do things like better camera controls and little quality of life things like button mapping and stuff. So not even weird hacks like giving Mario a sword or something, just little things that Nintendo could have very easily done in their own game but decided not to for whatever reason. I don't really emulate games, though. I just don't have a preference for playing on my computer, period. It's the same reason I don't get into a lot of mobile games, is that I don't see those devices, computers and phones, as gaming devices. If I'm bored and messing around on my phone or my computer, I have more things to do than playing a game. I just don't really see the point of it. I'll just play games on a dedicated gaming machine. And that's just my prerogative. Also, I don't really know, going back to the layman, how much a person would know about emulating and setting all that stuff up, because I remember having a lot of difficulty with it in the past when I tried to play Mother 3, and in... And to be completely fair, I am notorious at technological setups and things like that, so I can't say for sure that my experience would be universal. It's just that when people say, oh, you can just emulate this, or you can just play it on your PC with this and that and this and that, it's like, uh, okay, I don't really speak your language, I don't really know how to do all this, just give me game, let me put game in Switch so I can play game, ooga booga. That's me. I'm I'm the dumb caveman who somehow got a podcast. That said, the whole shadiness of the situation does leave a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. It kind of makes me hesitant to go in and play Mario Galaxy on it now, even though there is nothing wrong with the game itself, and it is nice and convenient to not have to play the Wii version. Then again, I also have a bunch of RPGs to play that I should be playing, but have not been for one reason or another. Maybe I just needed an excuse to knock a game off my list, and bad company politics just happened to be the one that came up. I think one possible explanation for a lot of the bare-bones nature of this anniversary is that people aren't really supposed to be leaving their house and intermingling with other people right now especially not in a really crowded country like Japan. Sakurai says that he and a lot of the Smash Brothers team have been working from home as a result of this, so I would think that perhaps that gets in the way of developing a bigger and better Mario anniversary, which would make it a little more understandable, but there's still some weirdness that I don't get, like 
putting a limited time on the release. I wonder if they would add Mario Galaxy 2 as DLC or something down the line, but I think people would just be even angrier then because they would probably be charged way too much money for it and it would set the precedent that Nintendo could just keep reselling old games untouched for full price no matter how many years later it's been and people would just lose even more faith in Nintendo than they've already lost. This isn't even the first time that a Mario anniversary has been a little on the lazy side. For their 25th anniversary, they re-released Mario All-Stars for Wii, but if I recall, it was the version that did not include Super Mario World, and I don't know why that is. I'm pretty sure most of the classic Marios were on the Wii Virtual Store, so I don't think that was a issue. So why didn't they have Mario World? Then again, at least they still had plenty of games, and they were all touched up. They showed more effort back then than they did now. I mean, those older games are probably a little easier to touch up, but still, Nintendo, you are currently the richest company in Japan. Do you just not have the money for your Golden Boy's 35th anniversary collection? What happened? You know, even with the virus situation going around... The Sakurai and Smash Brothers example kind of makes it seem like a bad argument because they're still putting Steve in Smash Brothers and updating all the stages to accommodate him, and they put in Min Min and developed all these new Mii Fighter skins, and the Spirit rematches, a lot of updates to Smash Brothers, and they've been doing it from home and charging less money. I don't know what... The Mario 3D All-Stars excuses when I, see, when I see it like that. Another thing that was lazy about Mario All-Stars for Wii was that they released a soundtrack to go along with it, but half the tracks were just sound effects, and not even that many tracks to begin with. I guess that's where Mario 3D All-Stars has the advantage, because they do have... The full soundtrack for all three games right there on the menu. I mentioned before that they randomize the different menu song that plays when you start the game. The first time I opened it up, I got the Toy Time Galaxy theme. And the next time I played the game, I got Noki Bay. I'm waiting for the day where I start the game up and I just get the Endless Staircase theme as the main menu. That would be very ominous. So, in short, this is not really a good legacy game. It's not bad as in incompetent. It, it's functional. It gives you the three games as advertised, and for the most part, they do work as they should. I think some people might be upset that Mario 64 can't be speedrunned. Speedrun? I'm not in the community. I don't know what the past participle of speedrun is, but people might have problems with the fact that the game can't be used in speedruns because they took out the backwards long jump. And I guess there's some camera and control weirdness and sunshine. But the games, by and large, work as they should. 
and they are conveniently portable and on a modern system, and they're all together, so it's competent. It's just indicative of some severe apathy from Nintendo, and to see it applied to their biggest star is just kind of bad look. Overall, it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, even if I enjoyed it at first. It's just kind of upsetting. On that depressing note, this has been the BitCast. I will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.